Welcome into episode 184 of the Sources Say podcast, your go-to Kentucky basketball and recruiting podcast on the growing KSR podcast network. The Sources Say podcast is presented by our good friends at Justice Dental. You can make an appointment at one of two Lexington locations. That's on Wellington Way and Blazer Parkway. Now is a great time to schedule your dental cleaning. Remember that regular dental appointments are important for your overall health. You can learn more and make an appointment at justicedental.com. Dr. Justice and Dr. Thompson look forward to seeing you soon. I'm your host, Jack Pilgrim of Kentucky Sports Radio. Very happy to be joined once again by the one and only Sean Smith of Go Big Blue Country. Sean, how the heck are you? I'm fantastic, Jack. And this morning you were joking that we need to record an episode today. Well, we're recording an episode today. Uh, yeah, um, unfortunately, it is not good news why we are recording this episode, but it's also not necessarily surprising news either as Jay Lucas, uh, Kentucky's kind of young up and coming basketball super mind, you know, ace recruiter, 33 years old, a guy that Cal hired uh, in, right in the middle of COVID that August 2020, I believe, is when he hired him for the first time as a special assistant to the head coach in a recruiting coordinator role, uh, then quickly promotes him to the a full-time on-court assistant, and he kind of becomes Kentucky's Texas whisperer. He signs uh, guys like Xavier Wheeler and Damian Collins and Kaysen Wallace, and he was the lead recruiter on Shaden Sharp. Uh, was very instrumental in adding uh, Ty Ty Washington as well, and he obviously had his hands on some of Kentucky's other top signees as well. He is taking the uh, assistant coaching job at Duke. John Shire steals Kentucky's youngest kind of young mastermind rec- recruiting uh, coach and takes him to with him to Durham. Uh, he hasn't even coached a game yet in in uh, Durham, and he's already. Uh, pulling off a significant win over John Calipari on that front. Let's just get started with it. Uh, very significant news, and there's no way to spin this. It hurts. Yeah, and you know, I, I told you that there's nothing like that Friday afternoon news dump, and uh, we probably thought we had our evening free, and then th- this kind of happens, and it's a move that I didn't see coming, and it's a power move by Shire. Like it is, It's a power move. You mentioned he's not coached a game yet in college basketball, and he's dipping outside of that Duke tree that Coach Krzyzewski stayed in in his time at Duke. I mean, you've seen Nolan Smith uh, take the job at Louisville, and now Jay Lucas on his way to Kentucky. He's getting one of the top young assistants in the country, one of the best recruiters in the country, a, a coach that excels at building relationships with players. You saw that today. Uh, C.J. Frederick had the uh, crying emojis just a few minutes posted to his Twitter account after the news was announced. So this wasn't just the guys that Jay recruited. It's the entire team. All these guys built relationships with Jay. We we know that that was something that he excelled at at Texas during his time. So this is a huge loss. You mentioned you cannot spin this into a positive. You're not going to hear me say that everything's going to be okay. You're also not going to hear me say that the sky's falling. Like there's there's going to be somewhere in between where I get by the end of this podcast, but it's definitely not good news, especially when you've already trying to get a jump start on 23 and hit the ground running here this spring with that class. There's now an open spot that John Calipari has to fill, and it can't just be filled with anyone. He has to go and get someone that is a proven recruiter because that's what you're having to replace. Look, I'll be the first one to admit that, you know, I love Kentucky's complete staff with Jay Lucas. Like, I think it's a good group, a very solid group from top to bottom. I do like it. But 
I will tell you that there are people in the basketball world that know way more than me, the insiders of the world, guys that uh, Kentucky fans would know by name if if I brought them up, but I don't want to, you know, throw anybody under the bus or, or put anything out there. But I will say that there are people that are deeply, deeply, deeply connected into the roots of college basketball that say that Jay Lucas is the youngest star in college basketball that say he is the most connected. He knows how to talk to these kids. He, uh, you know, is a, a brilliant X's and O's mind. Like they were like this, this, some people I talked to just last weekend. I mean, literally last weekend in Indianapolis, were saying, I don't understand why Jay Lucas isn't Kentucky's number one lead recruiter so that he needs to be calling the shots with, you know, who Kentucky's going after, who's uh, getting scholarship offers when they are extending scholarship offers, which is a very controversial topic right now. As you know, it's kind of one of those things that Cal has always been a dude that he offers players going into their junior years of high school, always waits until the last minute to offer scholarships kind of builds up this you know monumentous moment like it's this uh, like w- big occasion to get receive a scholarship offer from Kentucky brings kids on, on uh, official visits uh, and then extends the offers kids don't want that anymore kids don't care about this big show that comes with uh, you know with w- with being offered by any school, let alone Kentucky, let alone Duke. They just want an offer in hand. They want they want to feel like Kentucky was on them from day one. They want the interest from day one. And yeah, it's been disheartening talking to all these recruits. I just spent, I've been transcribing interviews all week long. I talked to 15 recruits this past weekend and half of them said, well, yeah, it's still trying to figure out how much Kentucky's actually interested in me. They're mostly reaching out to you know, my parents or my coach or whatever. And while you have other dudes like, you know, Ron Holland, for example, they're saying Eric Musselman is calling and texting me every single day saying, we want you, let's make this happen. Let's get it done. And when I asked about both those schools, Arkansas versus Kentucky, it was a night and day response versus, you know, regarding how interested he was and kind of how he lit up when talking about Arkansas. And when Kentucky was brought up, it was like, yeah, just another program. So, that status has kind of gotten away from Kentucky. And there are a lot of people that know way more than me behind the scenes in, in grassroots basketball that think that Jay Lucas could have been the dude to bring Kentucky out of that kind of little, uh, you, you know, little bit of a lull. And now he's heading to Duke and he's going to have free reign to offer kids wherever he wants, whenever he wants. He's going to be able to get a, a, a jump start on these kids and really have free reign to do whatever he wants and use his talents to the best of his abilities, which I truly don't know if he was able to do that at Kentucky. And, uh, and, and now for him to go to Duke and be able to use those talents in that way under John Shire, I mean, he's 34, John Shire's 34 years old. Jay Lucas is 33 years old. They're, those are two young up and coming dudes. They're going to learn the ropes of this stuff together at Duke. I mean, it's a, it, it's a perfect pairing Two young kind of charismatic, dudes that that are kind of taking the recruiting world by storm and now duke has both of them so uh i I can't admit that this is anything but a a pretty big hit for kentucky and and it it puts an infinite amount of pressure on john calipari to not just make a good hire for this third assistant spot it has to be a game-changing program altering assistant hire where people go whoa okay 
now Cal's back. That was the move. It has to be a statement move. You cannot hire your old coaching buddy that got fired 18 times back in the day and hasn't been in the coaching ranks for eight years and is looking for a job. No, there's no time for that. Kentucky has to go young. They have to get somebody that's going to be charismatic and knows how to connect with these with these recruits and more importantly knows how to finish on these on these recruitments. It has to be a a, a you got to get a closer that Jay Luke has been for a lot of these, you know, Texas guys in particular. But uh, I mean, it, it, there's a lot of pressure on this program right now, and there's a lot of pressure on John Calipari to hit the ball out of the park at this next hire. There is, and and you mentioned there talking about the the timetable for offers that Kentucky gets, and and when they offer targets. Well, like right now, we're talking, you know, they're still offering 23 guys, and there's guys in 24 that are waiting on offers that are very talented players that we know for sure will have an offer whenever the time is fit. So I think that whoever they get, like Cal has to look at himself a little bit too and maybe change that approach, right? We're, we talk about the approaches to on-court things that he needs to change, and we've documented that and, and talked about that for the last month. Well, there's some things on the recruiting trail too, and it's giving out offers a little sooner. Like there's nothing wrong to me with putting out an offer – of a kid that you know for sure can play in your program. And then, and then if it's not working out, you know what? You can take that offer off the table if, if if you see fit. So I think that's an approach that whoever he does get, you need to kind of give them some freedom on the recruiting trail as well and make that job even more appealing for whoever they bring in. Well, and that was kind of the debate with Joel Justice, right? That, uh, you know, I was talking to parents and, and you know, guys of other recruits that were begging to be at Kentucky and, and uh, you know, really wanted things, you know, earlier than, thing, than things ended up unfolding. And it kind of put a sour taste on the relationships in general. And, you know, Joel was a guy that wanted to offer kids earlier and, and you know, kind of, it was, and that just wasn't the right fit. And I, I don't disagree with the decision to kind of mutually part ways and for him he's you know he has a good gig out in Arizona State and it's it's a good spot for him he's their lead recruiter now I mean I I get all that stuff but uh, there is something to be said about some flexibility and changing the way that you go about doing things because it's clearly not working in the same way where Duke continues to get these five-star top 10 recruits. And yeah, you get guys like Casey Wallace and you get guys like Chris Livingston and, and, you know, really uh, important commits that I'm super, super high on, but I mean, make no mistake about it. You you could have had Derek Lively. You could have had, you know, Kyle Filipowski was a dude that Kentucky offered a week before he committed to Duke. Like, what kind of read was that where Kyle Filipowski, everybody and their mother said it's a guaranteed done deal locked to Duke. They've been on him from day one, all that stuff. And then Kentucky offers after Peach Jam, and then he commits a, a week and a half, two weeks later. And it's like that stuff like that where you wait until the last, uh, until the 11th hour to offer these kids, it's not going to work. And look, Ron Holland is the perfect example because this is a kid that I heard a lot of, you know, because I had those questions. Why is Kentucky not going in on Ron Holland? And I heard some buzz that there are some concerns about, uh, you know, what he's looking for with his recruitment and that, you know, not necessarily even had on the table type stuff. But, you know, maybe there are some people involved or some thing, extra things involved where it's just not a recruitment that Kentucky is super, super, super interested in being involved with. But then they go out and, and watch every one of his games this past weekend. At least one assistant, Jay, was one of uh, was the assistant watching him. He's a Texas kid. Uh, so it was one of those deals that if you're going to start talking to him and you kind of sort of have interest in him, then why wait this long to extend an offer? Why are you even going to play with the we're kind of keeping things warm and, and seeing how things go? 
uh, either you cut ties with him early and say, nah, it's just not a right fit. He's looking for different things. It's just not a match for us. You know, let, let's just go about doing things. But if they're not going to ramp things up, then why are they still watch him and, uh, watching him at, at EYBL events? Why are they still, you know, maintaining loose contact? I'm transcribing his interview right now. And he said that, yeah, that they're still in regular contact with my parents. And, you know, I'm still trying to figure out what level of interest there is. But it's just it, there's just this wishy-washiness with it. It's like, OK, if you want to make that call and not go after a kid that's, you know, seen as one of the highest booming kids in the class right now, make that call. But make that call early don't what, what the the whole wishy-washiness of the last couple months has made no sense with that recruitment in particular and that just kind of goes to show that uh, there needs to be more trust within the the coaching staff about recruiting and uh, there has to be a change of mindset about who you're going after when you offer these kids how you go about doing these visits because what's what's going on right now is just not working and how much do you think to it was appealing to Jay? Like, I mean, most would probably call it a lateral move, right? I mean, Duke, Kentucky, two blue blood programs, you go from one to the other, you're still in the elite of the elite in college basketball. But for Jay, a young coach, Shire, a young coach, where you have John Calipari, who's ingrained in what he's been for 30 plus years, do you think that Jay looks at that situation and says, okay, I go here and I go with a guy that is my age who is getting started? I'm going to have a little bit more input and what's going on and we kind of do this together do you think that maybe the age differences there too was maybe appealing to jay that he goes to a guy that's around his age and that energy and, and getting out on the recruiting trail and kind of doing things the way that jay would maybe like to do for a guy his age absolutely i think it is very clear the status of the two programs right now in terms of being the cool young kind of hip school that the young kids like and connect well to their social media stuff has been you know super super popular and they're doing the drone footage and you know all that stuff it's just a cool brand and you know i'm i grew up a diehard kentucky fan this is my job this is the team i cover and all that but i'm not gonna lie and just you know just you know make things up just for the sake of making things up the two the the two trajectories of the programs right now could not be more different and the two the cool factor of both programs right now could not be more different and I, I, one thing that i want to note on as well cal's statement about it just really rubbed me the wrong way as well Yesterday, Jay informed me he was taking a promotion at another school. I asked when, where and when he told me Duke, he expected me to be mad. I support what he thinks is best for his family. He's been loyal, terrific on the road, and great for our players, and I want what's best for him, so I'm good with it. I am not surprised that there was interest in Jay because there's always interest in our staff. This year, all of our assistants have been approached about other opportunities. When you have a great staff, that's what happens. I hate that statement. I absolutely hate that statement. I don't think it's a good look at all to say it's okay that we're losing our uh, our best young assistant to our arch rival, especially among blue bloods that you are directly competing uh, for national t titles against. And then to say, that's just what happens when you're good. And it's like, no, he, the, Kentucky is the destination program. This is not a stepping stone program for others to be able to, to, you know, pick and choose who they want from that staff as an upgrade. Yeah. maybe he got a, a, a an upgrade, a, you know, promotion in terms of role and maybe he got more money, 
But that should have been a sign that if those things had happened, Cal should have been able to look at Jay and go, okay, Duke is offering you X number of dollars and they're offering you this role. Let me up it because I cannot physically lose you to my arch rival who I am competing directly against on the recruiting trail and competing directly against for national championships. I need you on this staff. Kentucky needed Jay Lucas on the staff. And that's not to say there's not another Jay Lucas out there. They can't make a home run higher or hire an NBA guy. You know, I see people talking about Rajon Rondo and Tracy McGrady and Tyler Ulis and, you know, all these young, you know, younger, you know, kind of cool hip dudes that people like. Cool. Yeah. I, I, those guys are out there. And I, I, it would be absolutely moronic to not go after one of those dudes. And as I said, if it's a, another retread old, you know, f- coaching friend that's been fired and been around the block 85,000 times, then that's a whole nother discussion. And then we if, need to have a serious talk at that point. If, but if, you, if he's doing a favor for someone else, then he's not doing himself one. Yeah. Like you've got to go get someone that has some weight. And you know no, what other it, line we need to retire? The whole what? line that this program recruits itself. Because if, if that's the case, then Duke's not beating you every single time head to head. Yeah. But, and they're not recruiting your best recruiter who is apparently able to, to recruit with without having to do anything because the program speaks for itself. That's not the case because Jay clearly left for it uh, for that reason, because he thought that he was going to be able to go to a staff that he was able to have leeway and do things the way he wanted to do them. He was going to be in a great position moving forward, got a raise out of it. Like it's, it's a great position for him. I don't fault Jay Lucas for making this decision at all. Although I did hear that he knew that he was going to be taking this Duke job while he was recruiting, even as of this past weekend, uh, on the recruiting trail in Indy, which I don't necessarily appreciate that side of things. That if you if you're going to make this move, make it so you can you know start this process earlier and and move on past it. But uh, I don't fault Jay Lucas at all for making this move and, and making this change because he's one of the you know best up and coming minds in basketball and one of the most respected guys I've heard. Uh, you know, talking to recruiting people, insiders nationally, local, every single level I've talked to has said Jay Lucas is a young up and coming star. And, you know, if Cal, if it was in Cal's best interest, he would, you know, do whatever it takes to make Jay the dude on the recruiting trail and kind of, you know, build your recruiting formula around him. And now you're losing that to your arch nemesis. And it's just like, man, that's, it's just, there's no way to spin it. This is, this is a blow. And, you know, beyond the recruitment, shoot, in two years, he's brought in, Sean, three top 15 recruits in Shay and Shaden Sharp, uh, Damian Collins, and um, I'm drawing a blank on the last one, Case and, and Kaysen. And then he also recruited Xavier Wheeler here, and he was also instrumental in bringing in Ty Ty. And, and, you know, go down, you go down the list. He, the, the product it's, it has already spoken for itself just in terms of the numbers and who he's been able to get being the lead recruiter and, you know, some of Kentucky's biggest signees of the last two years in just two years. I mean, that's a lot of stuff done in short order, but just the respect factor, what everybody says about him behind the scenes. I mean, it's, it's unbelievable. I mean, he, he is the dude people behind the scenes have seen him as the dude and thought it was a home run when John Calipari was able to add him to his staff and it's equally uh, equally as frustrating and difficult uh, that he's leaving for the, you know, a similar role elsewhere, especially at where he's going. Yeah, it's, it's frustrating. Like it's very frustrating for a fan base that is already frustrated and, and rightfully so. Like uh, I think it's fair to question 
you know, the direction of this program and, and the direction of really, I guess, how John Calipari's feeling right now. I mean, a lot's kind of going against him, right? You had the the terrible season two years ago, 9-16. and 16. You had the first-round exit this year to St. Peter's. You did get positive news with Oscar Shibway coming back. You got the Shaden Sharp situation, uh, catching a lot of heat there. And, and then you're losing your assistant, your, one of your top recruiters, to a program that is consistently beating you on the recruiting trail and on the floor for the last six years. Like there, I mean, it's fair for fans to kind of look at this thing and say, all right, how does John Calipari respond? Because that's what everybody's looking at right now. Yeah. And there's, you know, obviously some, you know, it's, there's some difficult stuff that I don't want to really dive into, but there've been some, some frustrations the last couple of weeks behind the scenes, just uh, in terms of, uh, of focus and, and, you know, kind of the throwing these, lighthearted jabs and there's there's just a lot of stuff that's already been kind of riling me up a little bit uh, about the uh, just kind of about the focus and what the attention is and you know worrying about you know what stupid media members have to say and you know kind of getting riled up about stuff like that rather than losing your your top recruit your top young up-and-coming recruit to your arch rival and it kind of makes me think man if if your attention was focused where it needed to be right now and you were up with the times on how things were actually going right now maybe things like this wouldn't be happening and that's kind of my frustration and why why things like this really really get under my skin because it's like this was the one thing that couldn't happen on in from a recruiting perspective given what has happened in recent time this is the one thing that couldn't happen and it happened. And, and, and I thought, you know, when, when the news came out that there was that athletic report that came out uh, 10 days ago, exactly. That said that, yeah, John Shire pried and said, you know, may, I'd really like to explore this opportunity with you. And Jay Lucas uh, uh, reportedly at that time denied that, that offer. I you know, at that time I said, Oh man, what a win. Like that's a massive win to have a guy like, John Shire, you know, kind of seen as the the next man up right behind Coach K, the pro, you know, the Duke program is still firing on all cylinders, you know, all that stuff. It's like, man, is it's pretty cool that 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 Cal was able to keep Jay Lucas here and Jay Lucas really felt like, you know, he wanted to be here and this was something that he wanted to be a part of long term. And it's like, oh, all right, that, you know, that that that's some a, a good sign. And then 10 days later for this news to come out the way it did, it's like, whoa, like it, it makes you just think like, you know, maybe uh, did he, you know, kind of shifting gears a little bit. Maybe he saw the writing on the wall about the, you know, we, we talked about the, you know, the age difference and all that stuff. Does he see the writing on the wall with John Calipari leaving in the coming years that, that his, that his time is, is wrapping up at, at Kentucky and he wanted to go somewhere where he had longevity and, and kind of uh, was on pace with the other people on staff in terms of age and kind of just where he was as a, as a coach, you know, maybe I think that's something to keep in mind. Maybe, you know, he got a word that Cal was on the tail end of his career and that, or just kind of knew and, and said, you know, maybe I just want to make this next move on my part. I don't know. I I think that could, could very well play a part of it, but I I just, as I'm ramping up and, and thinking of all the different things of how frustrating this is, it did get me thinking when you brought up age that uh, that could definitely be a significant part of it, knowing where uh, John Calipari is in his career and where, you know, kind of the Duke staff is in theirs. Yeah, I I agree with that. And I think that that is certainly a factor when you look at the situation and, and just more freedom of what he can do and a young staff there that 
they they obviously have a lot of pressure on them to replace Coach K, but at the same time, it's Duke, and you know there's going to be a commitment to that program, and and you could see Shire being there his entire career. I mean, if it works, you're talking about two coaches at Duke over the course of probably what 70, 80 years, depending on how long that that tenure lasts, and that that's an impressive thing if it if that's that consistent. And Jay, a guy that at some point will be a head coach and this is probably the last move for him until he becomes a head coach, honestly. So two guys that played college basketball in the same air, they're around the same age. So we know they're very familiar with themselves on the floor and now familiar with themselves on the coaching front as well. And he's going to a Duke program here, Jack, that they're off to a great start in 2023, already five commitments. Kentucky's got some ground to make up. And it feels like Kentucky's been trying to catch up to Duke for a number of years now. And, and then this news today, it's hard to not see that it's setting you back even further. That's the frustrating part about it. Duke is a rival. Losing Jay Lucas to anyone would have would have hurt, but then losing them to the, the team that you hate hurts even more. And, and that's where Cal's comment about thinking to be mad about going to Duke. Yeah, he should be mad. Like, come on. Like, I, I get it. it. It's frustrating, though. It is very frustrating right now. I don't want to continue to drone on and, and all that stuff. I, I just want it to want to put it out there that it's okay to be frustrated and that the frustrations are absolutely valid. Um, I don't think that it's, you know, this kind of dead, uh, there's, there's nothing Cal can do. There's no hire that can be made. Nothing, you know, behind the scenes that could be fixed with this. I, I, I do think there's a fix and I, I think it needs to be done. And, and I, I, you gotta you gotta hit a home run on this next hire. You cannot swing and miss. This has to be a a very important hire, a young guy that that knows how to connect with these kids. I mean, it just has to be. Um, you know, because I'll move on a little bit. I caught up with the parents of both uh, Casey Wallace and Damian Collins shortly, almost immediately after the news came out, to kind of get the raw feedback, the raw emotion. And yeah, there was some frustration on their side too, is where it was like, yeah. You know, we were super close with Jay, and and they were important. They were important to, uh, you know, he was important to the to that their, our recruitments, and and yeah, it does suck to see him move on. But the overarching theme with both of them is that neither of them have any doubts about being in Kentucky. They want to be here. Uh, Jay wasn't the reason why they signed with Kentucky, which I think is a very important thing to keep in mind. They both gave me a very very strong opinions and thoughts about that yeah jay lucas is who he is he's brilliant he's he's very good at what he does but at the same time we did not sign with kentucky for that reason uh, alone we signed with kentucky to play for john calipari we signed to be a part of this spotlight to be you know be here in this program we signed with kentucky we did not sign with jay lucas so that was something both parents kept uh made very clear to me i can read the exact quotes from uh both of them uh, this is from Kaysen's dad. We're good. He's straight. He's not going anywhere. We're locked in. Kaysen is staying at Kentucky. We're Kentucky, man. We're Wildcats. Uh, and then Damien's dad says he likes where he's at and that's where he wants to be. This is what we want. We knew coming in, he was undersized and was behind the rest of the kids because of where he was from, but we understood. We didn't want to make a big deal about it. He's done a year. He knows what to look for. He'll be ready when it's time. So both uh, among many other quotes and, you know, it was about, two six seven minute phone calls with both of them just kind of getting their thoughts and opinions on both but both adamant that their sons were going to be at kentucky had no 
uh, no gripes whatsoever about about the process. Said, you know, it is what it is. We're happy for him. Congratulations, Jay. Congrats, Jay. But uh, we're here. We're here at Kentucky for a reason. We're going to stay that way. So uh, if you're looking for a silver lining of this day um, in the the big news, it's that uh, his Jay may be leaving, but his two prized Texas recruits are not. Yeah, that's that's the the good news from this. That is. That's definitely the good news because this late in the uh, picture, you don't want to be losing elite talent, you know, in, in April when you lose an assistant coach. So if you are looking for good news in it, that is the good news. But now John Calipari has to get busy finding a replacement. It has to be a replacement that can step in immediately that has weight on the recruiting trail to help them in 23. Yeah, that that's uh, that is absolutely priority number one. You got to get somebody that's going to be able to close. You got to be able to get somebody that's young and and relates to these kids and and knows how to evaluate talent. I mean, this has to be a, a you know a brilliant basketball mind in the same way knows who to offer, knows who to avoid. All of those things that Jay was very very good at and very talented with. Uh, Cal has to be able to replicate that somehow, and and you know it's it's important. It just really is, and I'm very. Glad that we get a, a year of Casein Wallace. That's you know he's one of my favorite recruits that Cal's pulled in in a long time. I think he's going to be fantastic. And you know Damien Collins, he he knows exactly who he is. We all know what what exactly who he is and what he can be. And uh, I think there's a lot of optimism around the program about what that can be. So uh, obviously super super anti- optimistic about getting both of those guys back. And I will add. Uh, Damien's dad says that he's now officially 6'10", and uh, his uh, growth plates are still open, and doctors still think he's going to be seven foot. So that is definitely something to keep in mind that Damien's dad just just told me that here shortly ago. Uh, and then then the, uh, the big quote that his dad gave me beyond any of the J stuff and all that, he said, he signed a four-year scholarship. If it takes four years, it takes four years. If it takes two years, it takes two years. It's not a big deal to us, man. When he thinks he's ready, that's what that's what we're going to go by. Yeah. So yeah. It, th- this is a kid that's not in any rush to get out of here. He knows exactly who he is. He knows what his body is. He knows that he needs to come in and develop that body. And, uh, you know, he knows it's an important year for him, but he is in no rush to get out of here with or without Jay Lucas. So I, I thought that was definitely the and, uh, cherry on top of that conversation. And that, that goes back to that mindset that we talk about when you enter Kentucky, if you're open with yourself and say, okay, if I get this thing right and it takes one year and I'm out of here, then great. If it takes two to three, then, then that's great too. So that's why you didn't see Damien, you know, hit the portal there. And I'm not saying that every guy that hit the portal is doing something wrong and running from it. It's just, I think Damien's approach to this and his family's approach to this has been the right mindset the entire time. Yeah. Uh, this is, yeah, this is a dude that, uh, he's, you know, there was some speculation. I talked to some assistants that recruited against him last summer. Uh, you went before he committed to, to Kentucky, other schools that were recruiting against him that said there was no chance that he'd be in Lexington past uh, past one year said that he was either a going to be a lottery pick, you know, freak of nature athlete because he's a, a really damn good player or B, they said that, you know, he was a small town homegrown kid that, you know, very, 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 very small city that he's from. And the big lights, bright lights at Kentucky just were not going to work for him. And they they were adamant, like, you know, uh, opposing assistants were just adamant that he was not going to make it past one year in Lexington. Uh, so the fact that he was able to prove those guys wrong and, you know, continue to, to stay here and stick with the process, 
I think it's awesome news. I think this is exactly what this program needs. I think that his future is is absolutely bright. Uh, those, like you said, those are the type of kids that you you want in your program that are understanding of where they are in the process and not wanting to rush things and kind of let things flow organically. And that's exactly what Damien's camp has done. And uh, I think the rewards that will come from it uh, will be significant. Yeah, I agree with it 100%. It's a kid that has a lot of upside, just needs minutes. And uh, Jack will that that transfer portal deadline's approaching now, May first. So we'll we'll know some more about this roster and what it looks like. And then as we get into May, it looks like the news isn't going to slow down. Kentucky's going to be hiring a new assistant coach. We'll have all that, and uh, as well as whatever happens with this roster in the coming weeks too. Yeah, it, it if nothing else, we got some uh, some some drama. And uh, got more news to discuss. So, uh, at the very least, at least sources say podcast listeners are going to uh, continue to receive content, and we love providing it. We have a good time with this. Unfortunately, today was just not the most positive episode, but there's going to be plenty more of uh, positive ones to uh, listen to in the very near future. So, Sean, with that, let's get out of here. Uh, where can fans find your work? You can find my work at gobigbluecountry.com, and you can follow me on Twitter at gbbcountry. Find me on Twitter as well at Jack Pilgrim KSR. Reach out to me via email at jpilgrim at KentuckySportsRadio.com. With that, we'll be back next time for the Jam Pack Sources Say podcast. We will see you then. Bye.